appropriate song to finish off with. Beyond me. What an appropriate song. How great is our God. Do you believe that? Amen. And He is risen. Yeah, amen. He is risen indeed. You know, we've got it easy. We really do have it easy. We've got, uh, we've got this. We've got this. Or we've got this. Do you know, we can have the Scriptures with us all the time. We can be reading it whenever we want to. You don't have to wait till you come here on Sunday and, and get the Pew Bible out. You can have it like Ken when he's jogging. You know, he can have the, uh, the iPod stuck in the ears and the, uh, and the, uh, and the Scriptures uh, speaking to him. That's right, Ken, isn't it? Every day. Every day. And uh, we have, uh, we, so we know what has gone on in the past. And so we have the complete story up to now of what God has done in this incredible miracle of his plan being played out. You imagine what it was like for the disciples and all of the followers of Jesus when they saw what was happening to his body. When in carrying that cross How would your heart be feeling if you were there in the crowd and you had believed in this one, that he was the Messiah, the chosen one? What would your heart have been like? And the women that were standing there on that day and looking up at the depth of cruelty as he was crucified. all the hopes and dreams that had been built up within you over the past three years as you listened to him and he revealed so much to you and your heart grew with hope. And there on that day it was as if your heart was slashed within you. All the hopes and dreams of the Messiah coming. And there, crucified before if we go back earlier right back to where God's plan was revealed in Genesis chapter 3 where this death had come into the world death not in creation death was not one of those things that was that was said, it is good. Remember over the last few weeks we've been looking at this part in Genesis. Has God created all these things? It is good, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is very good. Death was not part of any of that. No. Death was part of the warning. Follow me or you will die. And then as Adam and Eve together disobeyed God, death came into the world. Satan, the father of lies, had said, you won't die. 
But as soon as disobedience came into the heart, death arrived. Death arrived. And there it was, relationship with God broken and man began to decay. But God said this is not the end right there in Genesis 3.15 where he spoke to the serpent or to Satan and I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head. The death blow. And as we all know with a, with, with a, a serpent it has to be a death blow. It has to be a head blow. Because there, those teeth with all the venom is in the head. If it's a body blow, it's no good. It has to be a death blow to the head. But he goes on to say, and you will strike his heel, his heel. The coming one, the promised one, the Messiah. Just strike at his heel. You will just wound him. Do we see just wounding? Did we see on Friday just wounding as Jesus was standing, taken, nailed, hanging on the cross as he called to the Father and he said, into your hands I commend my spirit. And he breathed his last. And he died. Was that a wound? Was that a wound? Imagine once again those who were looking on. Those who were looking on. The Messiah that they'd been looking for. The people had been looking for right from the beginning of time. They looked for a king who was going to come in on the big white horse and rescue them from all their enemies. But this man came in and the scriptures tell us he looked just like anyone else. He didn't come on the white horse. He didn't come looking brave. He didn't come with a sword. No, God's plan was so incredibly different to what anyone could have imagined. To what anyone could have imagined. How fortunate are we today that we have this that gives us full explanation of not only what happened but why it happened. Are you glad about that? Yes. Yes. Because as we look back on that Friday there is only the beginning of the promise fulfilled. And even today, 2,000 years later, we still are only partly fulfilled in that promise. Whilst he hung there and said, it is finished, there he lay or, or, or hung as the Lamb of God. There he took upon himself your sin and mine. There is he hung for that three hours of darkness. God poured out his wrath upon his son. 
His wrath that was, the, was, was meant for you and me. And there is that sacrificial lamb. He was sacrificed for us. And that part gloriously was finished. Amen, Graham? Amen. Because we no longer need to come under the curse. No longer need to come under and fear the punishment of God because Christ has taken it all on himself. But what's next? What's next? If that wasn't it, what now? You know, if God had left it at that, that Jesus had just taken all the punishment for sin, do you know, we would just die forgiven? Does that excite you? It's like getting a bike with no wheels. Where's the rest? We would just die forgiven. And and what of the rest of the promise that you will strike only his heel? You will only wound him. He didn't look like a wound. He looked like far more than a wound. Jesus himself, when speaking to his disciples and all who were following him, had also promised that I will destroy this temple or they will destroy this temple and I will rebuild it after three days. Oh, what does that mean? And on another occasion when he spoke, even as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days, so will the Son of Man be in the ground for three days. And David, right back in the Psalms, he spoke and he wrote, but you will not leave your loved one abandoned in the earth. After three days, three days, Jesus, Jesus rose from the dead. The things that we've been singing about today, the things that brings effect to all that had been done on the cross, the thing that brings fulfilment to all that they had been looking for, happened on the Sunday when Jesus rose from the dead. And why did he have to do that? Because of that death which which Satan brought into the world. He had fulfilled all the promises of forgiveness, (coughs) of being, of being the Lamb of God. He had done all of that. But this death that was not good, which was brought by the evil one, That was conquered when Jesus rose from the dead. And when the women went down and they saw and the stone was rolled away and the confusion, can you imagine it? And he revealed himself to them all. How good was that, Chris? Could you imagine the feeling that they had? Could you imagine the thoughts that went through their mind? You can understand them going and standing in the room together to discuss all of these things, can't you? 
You can understand that. But when he come and stood in the midst of them, who here would be a Thomas? Come on. Who here would be a Thomas? Yeah, I know. But really, just let me see the scars. Let me touch. I want to believe, but I need to be sure. And Jesus, that heart absolutely bursting with compassion, said, Thomas, come on. Come on, Graham. (laughs) Come on. Come on, Luke, just put him in here. Just come and touch and see because I need you to know. And not only that, I need to be able to have this written down because there's people who are going to be sitting in Montmorency Community Church more than 2,000 years' time and they need to know and it needs to be proved to them also. Amen? That Jesus, that Jesus, yes, did hang on that cross and Jesus did die. And he carried your sins and mine. But he rose again after three days so that death, which was not good, would not reign over his children any longer. So we don't just get forgiveness. We don't just get forgiveness. But we receive life and life eternal. And yes, we will die physically, but all of that now that does is release us from this life into a wonderful life in eternity with Him who died to bring us eternal life. Amen, Bill? Amen. You're looking forward to that, aren't you? Yeah, amen. <laughs> Sunday. Sunday. Freedom. Release, revealing and the fulfilment of this promise. You know, the other day, on Friday, I should say, we looked at, uh, at Isaac. So what happened to Isaac after he, he left Mount Moriah? He went back with his father and his servants and he went back to where he came from. And what did he do? He, he probably went back after that uh, incredible event of sacrifice. He went back with his father and probably went back about to, to do what he was doing before. But I would suggest never to be the same again. went about his father's business. It was time then to find Isaac a wife. And Abraham said to the servant, go and find a wife for my son Isaac. Go back to my family. Don't get a wife from around here. Go back to my family. And I want you to find a wife who was willing to come. I don't want her to be forced. I want her to be willing. And she must be a virgin. She mustn't be given to anyone else. She must be pure. And the servant went and he prayed constantly and he prayed when he went to this well where the women would come 
And he said, Lord, I want you to reveal to me the way. And when they were there, he said to this beautiful young woman, he said, would you draw me some water? And she said, I'll draw you water. And I'll draw them for your camels as well, just as he had prayed. And she filled it all up. And then he started to tell her the story. He started to tell her the story. And he said, but is there somewhere for me to stay the night? Would there be a place at your house? Yes, come back and we'll feed your camels, we'll feed you and you can stay the night. And he sat down with the family and told them. He presented them with gifts and he said, will you come? Yes, I'll come. And she went with him and she went back to Isaac and there Isaac was presented with a beautiful, pure wife and God continued to fulfil his promise. I want to tell you what is going to happen. You see, Jesus, after he rose from the dead, he went back to heaven, to where he came from and he sat at the right hand of the Father And there he displays those scars that he received on earth. And they alone are the intercession between God and you and me. And when Stuart sins, I know it doesn't happen very often, Stuart, when Stuart sins, you know, God looks across at his son and sees those scars. And when the accuser comes, Satan, what about Stuart? God the Father can say, see my son. See the scars. Hands, brow, back and side and feet. They're the scars of the punishment for Stuart's sin. Born on my son. Don't you dare accuse him. You know what else is fantastic? The father's preparing a bride for his son. Who is that bride? That bride is beautiful. That bride is a virgin and pure, given to no other. That bride is being prepared in beautiful clothing. And there's a day coming at the marriage feast of the Lamb where God will present his bride to his son. And you know who that is? Do you know who that bride is? There's a few girls out there saying, pick me, pick me. Well, you are. Well, you are. That God is preparing his bride. That is his church. And he's preparing them, you and me. And one day we will be presented to him. 2 Corinthians 11.2 says, this is Paul speaking, for I feel a divine jealousy for you, 
I'm so excited since I betrothed you. That means I introduced you to your future husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. John 14, 1-3 says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to be, be sorry, take you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Revelation 19, 7 and 9. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. He continues what he started. The promise given right back in Genesis, the promise that was planned before creation is still working out and it's working out in you and me. Does that excite you? That it didn't finish here although Christ's work on the cross for forgiveness of sins was, was finished. But God's plan of salvation, never to leave us here, is still working out. And we're a part of that. And there's a day coming where we will be presented to him. I want to read it to you. I want to read to you Revelation 5 and starting at verse 6. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain. Standing at the centre of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. And the Lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which were the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which were the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll, to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve God and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and living creatures and the elders in a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth, under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne, to the Lamb be praise and honour and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen and the elders fell down and worshipped. Folks, our hope 
our future is all set in the promises of God. And he who has set it in place and shown us in these scriptures how he has fulfilled every promise so far will not let us down. Our forgiveness came in the cross but our hope came in the resurrection. But you know, (coughs) as Rebecca, Isaac's wife, had to, had to come willingly, could not be forced. She was not told to go but she was made the offer. She was given a glimpse of her husband and she was presented with some gifts but she had to make the choice. You know, the bride of Christ has to be the same. We're not forced God has given us the choice and we at some stage when God presents it to us has to say yes or no. Rebecca could have easily said I would rather stay here with my family. This is where I'm comfortable. I don't know that land over there. I don't know this guy Isaac. Abraham might be a good man but I don't know him. We're faced with the same choice. It's not just a case of growing up in a good family and, and going to a church and feeling comfortable there and saying, oh good, God's brought forgiveness for sin. We're offered a choice. So today, as Jesus says to you, will you come? Will you come to my place? Will you leave what you're doing? And come and be part of my family. The choice is very clear and the choice is ours. The choice is ours. What choice will you make today? You know, Rebecca's family said to her, or said to um, Abraham's servant, she said, they said, let us have Rebecca for ten more days. Just we get our chance to say goodbyes. It's the same with us. Oh, I won't make that choice just yet. I'll think about it a little more. Oh, just, just give me a little longer, Jesus. Oh, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure that I understand it yet. I want to tell you that it's not an intellectual decision. It's a faith decision.
I want to ask you today, do you want to be a part of God's family? Or do you want to continue on in the life you have here? The choice is yours. If you want to make that choice today, would you come and see me afterwards? You, you may make it in the, in the, in the chair today, and, but come and let me know. If you're not sure what to do, then come and see me afterwards. Let me pray for you. Father, we are an incredible blessed people. Incredibly blessed. That you have revealed yourself to us through your scriptures. We have seen through history, recorded in so many ways, how your plan has been worked out. Right up to the point of the crucifixion where you laid upon your son all the anger against sin, all the punishment that needed to be placed upon him because there was no way that we could do that. And then on the third day, how Jesus rose from the dead to conquer death so that Satan had no inkling of winning this battle. And Father, today you've made it very clear to us that we have a choice just like Rebecca did with Isaac. That we could stay in our comfortable surrounds and with others that we know or to step out in faith and give our hearts to you. Father, I pray that your spirit would move amongst us today. Fill our hearts with joy at the resurrection of Jesus. Bring to memory all the things that we've learned about that and all the uh, uh, joy that it brings to our hearts. But also, Father, to keep before us today this choice that Rebecca didn't wait. She was willing to go straight away and when she saw her Isaac, her husband, she loved him and you continued to fulfil your promise through them in the building of a great nation. Help us today as we part and bless us according to your will, in Jesus' name, Amen.